What's going on, guys? Welcome to the 33rd ever episode of the Iced Coffee Hour. So far, you have made $28,940. Fantastic. Amazing. Is that yeah. good? That is yeah. so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Chandler Smith, everybody. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited how, to be here. Yeah. How many rental properties do you own now? Um, so 114 <laughs> units of rental real estate and then a 73-unit storage complex. Wow. Now, when you say units, how many properties is that? Like, if we break um, it down for property. It's a lot of duplexes and fourplexes, a 32plex, a 24plex, and an 8plex. Um, yeah, I think it's like 11 fourplexes and four duplexes or something like that. At what point do you lose count? <laughs> I think when I hit 100, I stopped counting property numbers, which units. is silly because it was one property that put me over that, but <laughs> <laughs> I like units because it sounds bigger. Wow. And how long did it take you to accumulate that many? It's been eight years. Eight years. Have you exponentially wow. got more as the time has gone? Yeah, yeah. Like first year it probably can't even count because I like invested in a property and then pulled the money out and then got a condo and then a duplex and then a fourplex. And then it just got bigger and bigger every year. So how did you do great. that? What were you doing before real estate? So it all came from door to door sales. Okay. Honestly, when I was 21 years old, I couldn't find a job applied everywhere. And somebody said, Hey, come knock doors and sell pest control. So I went out and in three months I ended up breaking the rookie record. So I made $96,000 just knocking doors, selling pest control. Was that Kevin who did door knocking with you? Yeah, it was. I remember that <laughs> video. Wow, that was with you. Yeah. Meet Kevin, guys. Uh, was, this was in Idaho, wasn't it? So was it Idaho? I, yeah. Originally, he came to Idaho to talk about it and look at my properties. But then, like six months later, we had him come out to San Diego, and we knocked doors it? in San Diego. Selling pest so, control. Yep. Wow. Imagine that now. Imagine going online, finding out about your stimulus check and be like, wait a second. This is the guy. He tried to sell me pest control seven months ago. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. So you're doing door to door sales. And then, then what happened? So then you won the lottery. Yeah. And then you invested in real estate. You made $97,000 your first year doing that? Yeah, just hmm. 96000 And so. is that common in that field or is it like... It, it actually is. So our average guy makes between 25 and $30,000. That's like where the average is. But our top sales rep this year made over $300,000 just selling pest control. Door to door. So door to door. Yeah. Wow. So, and that's just like still selling. Essentially the way that it works is if you're a good sales rep, then you can manage a team. So first year I just sold the next year. I managed a team where I trained everyone how to do what I had done. So that year I made 144,000. The next year I made just shy of 250,000. And then it's just kind of scaled. So now I manage over 300 sales reps. Um, this year, we actually did over 15 million in sales just with my people in that four-month period. So you're still making money. Yeah. From selling pesca. That's yeah. More and more every year. Wow. <laughs> what, how do you... Tr oh, I, I feel like we have so many questions. I, I want to keep going on this. <laughs> do you have any how positions you, open? Yes. The first question. Always. <laughs> www.elitesummersales.com. <laughs> wow. What, how do you train somebody? What makes them a good salesperson? Can you tell so, from meeting somebody if they're going to be good at sales? You can tell um, to an extent. I tell everyone, if you're going to be a good sales rep, it's a combination of being able to work hard, crazy hours, being able to handle rejection, and then being able to stay positive through the first two. Because a lot of people come out, they have the skill set, but then after getting you know 10 F-bombs in a row, they're like, all right, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. So if you can stay positive through that, 
we train you every on everything. So paraverbals, nonverbal, verbal communication, body language, everything you can imagine. Mm. We show you what to say, how to say it. And if you put in the time, like it's just that you show up, it's a plug and play system. And if you do what we tell you, you're a great sales rep. What sort of hours do you have to work to, to do that? So we start at 9 a.m. We do <clears throat> 45 minutes of training mm-hmm. in the morning. And then you work until dark with an hour break for lunch. So you do that Monday through Friday. Saturday, you work till four, and then Sunday, you have off. So are you an employee if you have to take an hour lunch and work certain hours? Your setup is a 1099. Yeah. So you can do what you want to do. That works out great, too, because you've got a bunch more write-offs and everything else. So, Wow. Yeah. And and this is based in Idaho Falls? So it's not really based there. We're nationwide. We're actually the eighth largest pest control company in the United States. And so this year I had sales reps in San Diego, in Houston, in Dallas, in San Antonio, um, in Nashville, and in Atlanta. That makes sense because I figured if you guys were clearing $15 million in revenue, I was like, that everyone in Idaho Falls yeah, must have pest control. There, there's <laughs> like 80,000 people in Idaho Falls. We don't even have an <clears throat> office there. We're just in the bigger cities. Got it. Why door to door? Why not online target these people, phones? Yeah, Um. It's a funny question. I think for me, I couldn't find another job and I saw you could make good money doing that. However, I don't think anybody else is putting on the number of accounts that we are Mm. doing it door to door. If you've got a sales rep that's trained properly, you can just reach so many more people and you've got a rep that's there to close them. And it's a decision where with the right push, people need it and they buy it. And so, I mean, we, it's not broken, so... You know, why fix it? Wow. I think think this year we did 20,000 accounts online. um, And we did, don't quote me on this, but like three or 400,000 accounts as a company. I make up about um, nine to 10% of the whole company that I work for. So I'm one of, you know, 10 guys like me that manage groups of sales reps. Wow. That's incredible. So within just what, how long has that been since starting? Within 10 years now, you do 10% of their sales. Yeah, yeah. It's Well, that's the thing is when I started, we only yeah. had 400 sales reps. Now we've got 2,500 to 3,000, depending on where we end up this next summer. So Why couldn't you have taken equity in a company? I feel like at that level, they must have, have they offered you a percentage ownership? Yeah. To, yeah. So, um, and I don't, I guess we can share this, but we have something called LTIP and every account essentially gives you a portion of ownership. Mm-hmm. And we are planning on either going public or selling a portion of the company mm-hmm. in the next five years. I think our owner wants to hit a billion dollars mm-hmm. before doing that. Yeah. Um, but with the amount of LTIP points I have, if we're able to sell for a billion, I'll have a 10 to $15 million payout from that LTIP. So that's something wow. I'm for, for the next couple of years. That's crazy. So yeah. why then real estate and then why then YouTube after that? Yeah. And also everyone, um, go ahead and subscribe mm. to Chandler Smith. <laughs> Thank okay. You. Let's get him to a hundred thousand subscribers. That would be okay, awesome. You're at 92 now, right? <laughs> yeah. I was hoping to get to a hundred oh, by the end of the year, but I know there are 8,000 people watching this got, that are willing to subscribe. We got Taylor to uh 5k. Cause I said in the video, we can get her 5k. We did that. Uh, I think it's only fair we get you to 100K. If you get me to 100, that would be awesome. We could do that. So just before you forget, go down in the description, go and subscribe, like the video as well. <laughs> Thank you. So, But if you're doing so well in this pest control mm-hmm. thing, why would you want to expand into other things? It's like Graham just put out a video saying that he doesn't want to buy real estate anymore because his time is so well spent doing YouTube. 
So why would you choose to go into these other fields? And yeah. angel investing. And angel <laughs> investing. Just make this right, YouTube. Right. Sorry. Yeah. It's a great question. Um, one, it's fun to do other things. But I think the biggest reason is, you know, after I'd done a year, I made 96 grand. I didn't spend anything. I was very, very frugal early on. So I was living on, you know, maybe 10 grand a year, if that. Um, and I wanted to put it somewhere safe. So I reached out to a mentor, one of my buddy's dads that had done really well and said, where should I put this? And he said, real estate. So I started looking at bigger pockets, reading books, doing all of that. I looked at properties for a year and a half before I did anything. But really, it was because I now had this money and I didn't want to blow it. I wanted to find a good place for it. But once I got that first deal and I was getting those checks every month, it was just addicting. Like I wanted to build an empire. And so that turned into the condo and then the duplex and then duplex and fourplex. And what I found with real estate is it's really addicting to buy and see that money coming in. But it also is just another sell. And so when I could find a property that I could add value to and purchase it and immediately raise rents. And now it's worth $20,000 more. And then the next one's 50,000. And you know, this last year I bought a property that within three months of raising rents, it was a million dollars more than what I bought it for. And so it's just really addicting. So that's where the real estate came in. Um, when it comes to YouTube, it's, you'll probably laugh at me, but mm. I loved watching Graham's channel, like fanboy for mm. sure early on. But there was this sense of like, I think at the time you had three or four rental properties mm -hmm. and I had like 40 or four. No, it might've been like, no, because it started, I think I had five. It must've been five. Maybe that's what it was. Properties. Yeah. But um, when I really started watching yeah. you, I think I had 30 or 40 units and mm -hmm. I was like, look at this guy. Like people love him. He's growing a YouTube channel. It's super mm -hmm. cool. I've got like five times as many units as he does, I should do that. Yep. And I really liked what you did. It was inspiring to me. Um, I learned a ton from it. And so that was originally why I wanted to do it. But the other reason is I had so many sales reps and other people coming to me and saying, Chandler, will you mentor me? Will you show me? And I figured if I put it all on YouTube, then I could just say, hey, go watch these 10 videos and then we can talk. But then after doing 10 videos, it's kind of addicting too. Yeah. So... Then I yeah. was just kind of hooked on trying to build that. And they all work together. The YouTube channel has found me real estate deals and it's found me power players for my sales organization. And so they all feed off of each other. You know, the more people that I can find to come work for me, the more my sales organization ticks, the more properties that I can buy. And it just kind of all worked together. So I just kind of scaled all of them. Tell me about this place you made a million dollars on. Okay. What about that? So it's a 32 unit complex. Is that the one that took you over a hundred? Like you said? Um, it was. Okay. Yep. And when I purchased the property, rents on every unit averaged $496. Mm -hmm. And I knew that those properties could be rented each unit at $850. Easy. Purely because I'd done it a long time. It was an old owner that hadn't raised rents in five or 10 years. It was off market. And so when I saw it, I was like, holy crap, this is one of those deals that you just dream about. So we put it together. Purchased the property for $2.2 million with rents at $496 on average for each unit. Mm -hmm. And they were already within three months up to $850. Now, that is a little bit of an exaggeration because what I said is if you stay, we'll do them for $800. If you leave, we're going to fill them at $850. And a big chunk of people left, big chunk of people stayed. Um, but we had all the rents at either $800 or $850 within three months. So how did you find the deal? So... I have become very connected in my area. Um, 
Definitely not on the MLS. I think everybody hops on the MLS yep. and they think that's where it's at. I had a particular realtor that I followed up with consistently for like years because I knew he had a bunch of older owners that he had helped to purchase property. And he had been telling me for a long time, like I've got some of these, I think they're going to sell. And so just keeping that relationship forever, consistently following up mm-hmm. so that years down the road when it did in I probably won't get into their backstory, but essentially sure. some things happened where they needed to get rid of the property and they hadn't added any value. They hadn't raised rents. They hadn't done any of that because they had the property paid off and they were cash flowing great for what they had originally purchased it for. Mm-hmm. So I went in, I did overpay slightly. Um, I think I bought it like a six cap, sure. six, seven cap, somewhere in there for what their rents were. But I knew no doubt I could get them up. The only tricky part was the bank was a little hesitant mm-hmm. because they didn't want to believe I could raise them so much. So I talked the seller into giving me ownership of three of the units, raising them to eight fifty. So the bank was chill with me then making the purchase, and then we raised. Yeah, them. how did you finance that? It, was it just? Did you have a partner on this deal, or was it just you? It was all me. Okay. Yeah. So thirty percent down <laughs> okay. on that one. Um, commercial. So, uh, how much did you, you buy? Why couldn't you just buy it with just thirty percent down? That seems reasonable to me. What do you mean? The property, like, couldn't I? Why, why show the bank that you would need to raise the rents? Because the numbers were so tight mm-hmm. that they were questioning my ability to have it be profitable. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. In Idaho, like out here, they'd sell it. But in Idaho, they're requiring a certain amount of cash flow to lend on it, especially with how young I was. Yeah. Now, granted, I built a really good relationship with the bank, but it was edging on their number that they're comfortable with Mm. um, because it it wasn't cash flowing very much. I think on the year, like maybe a couple thousand dollars a month in cash flow for a 32-unit complex at that price. Okay. Um, So being able to go in and and bump the value, it doesn't make sense that you can literally double the rents on a 32-unit complex. Okay. So once I could prove to them, hey, I did it with a couple units. So then when I did it with all of them, the bank loved me, and I bought another property, the 15-plex this year from them. Same thing, but this time I didn't have to argue with them at all. They're just like, all right, send So what happened with the tenants? I bet you were not very popular with the tenants who've been living there for a long time. This is why I love (laughs) not managing my property. I have a management company that deals with all of that, but... A strategy I've used that I think has been great is sending a letter that says, hey, we're new management. You know, obviously, I think they put it together. Taxes are higher. Expenses are higher. All of that. Rents for this property will be $850. However, if you choose to stay because we want to take care of you, they're going to be $800. Now, the people that live in these, Mm -hmm. these weren't ghetto Mm -hmm. properties. These were nice properties. Everyone in there knew they were getting a steal. They also know that if they go to look for somewhere else to rent they're not going to find anything for cheaper than that 800. Mm-hmm. And if they do, it's going to be divier than what they were living in. So does it suck for them? Yes. But a lot of these people had been there forever knowing that they were on a cash cow themselves. And so, yeah, like we got kickback for sure, but people were on a month to month lease. Every, whoops. Yeah. Every one of them was month to month. So when we did it, it wasn't like we were, you know, ruining their lease or making them leave early or doing anything sketchy. It was just, Hey, this is what they're going to be. If you want to go, go, if you want to stay, we'll give you a discount. That's the issue with uh, L.A. rent control in mm-hmm. California, why it's so difficult is because 
there are so many properties exactly like that in California that you can't raise the rent more than 3% every year. So the owner just screwed themselves there. But then you also can't get rid of the tenants without uh, just cause. And just because you don't want them there, the rent's low, you can't kick them out either. So you're kind of stuck with this. So that's what I've, the issue that I've dealt with with, with my rentals. I raise the rents maximum every single year on all my properties, but I give the tenant a credit back. So that for them, they said they have the same thing over the year, but for me, I get to show that at least I'm raising rent so that if right. something were to happen and if I were to sell, uh, then technically they are paying market rent. Totally. Well, and I think that's what I love about the area that I invest. Mm-hmm. And obviously there are pros and cons of everywhere, but if you look and I don't want to share my secrets yeah. and everyone flood to Idaho, but we've had just as good of appreciation as California has. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, we've been top five states last couple years and so when you've got a place that's getting the appreciation property Mm. values are going up but also you can do whatever you want with rents rents have exploded everything has exploded so buying real estate there not only are you getting much beefier cash flow but now you've got this huge value add and appreciation that's happening naturally so yeah have you had tenants in there not pay their rent yeah i mean i think i think everybody deals with that but overall no um i don't know if you've seen this video i had one really gnarly Eviction. Tenet. I love that um, video. We, 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 Jack, put a B-roll of this. <laughs> There's a guy sitting on a chair with his girl in the lap, and they're getting evicted. And it was a wild was video. Was Kevin's video? No. It was it, Kevin's. Wait, so, but Kevin reacted to it, didn't so he? So what happened, yeah. I invited Kevin to go out with our sales guys mm-hmm. to Puerto Rico. And I showed it to him because I had I'd filmed it, and it was sketch. Yeah. But I have confrontation all the time on the door, so I was like, let's just go see. We knew we were evicting him that week. I wanted to try and talk him out of it so we didn't have to pay to have them, like, taken out of the property, which we ended up having to do anyways. Mm-hmm. So I just thought maybe I could sweet talk him, maybe I could bribe him, maybe I could figure something to just get him out. And I was a YouTuber at that point, so I figured we'd see what would happen i won't do anything like this again because it was sketch yeah and what happened is i went i got them super calmed down i said look maybe there's been some miscommunication with my management company i'm the owner i just want to make sure we're taking care of you would you mind coming out sitting down i want to interview you and just learn from the experience and so he's like yeah i can do that but i don't want to throw your management company under the under the bus like he had a good relationship. He just didn't yeah. want to pay rent and he was on drugs. So I talked him into coming out. We sit down, we start super calm and then things just get crazy. I, I don't know if the drugs Re- kicked remind in. Remind us what happened because I remember watching this episode start to finish loving it. I mean, it was like a Jerry Springer episode, real estate edition. And I thought like, I, th- I remember thinking to myself, like you're crazy for doing this. Like yeah. this guy could have pulled out like a knife or like just straight up just gotten up and he's a big guy yeah and uh like just could have pummeled you or just and then just the dynamic between him and the girl have you seen this no i haven't (laughs) pull up put b-roll up here so people so as we're talking about this now as we're talking about it but he's got this girl on his lap who's just like just agreeing with everything he has to say like backing him up she's like on his lap like, this is middle school stuff. Like, you don't see adults <laughs> doing this. This is what they do in middle school. Did you have any backup? So, I just had my videographer. Here's the deal. With door-to-door sales, I have people pull guns. I have people chase you down. Like, we deal with lots of stuff, and we get really good yeah. at 
calming people down. And so I wasn't that sketch, but it got to the point where my videographer, he'd never been in a situation like that. And when I looked up and he was shaking and his face was white, I was like, all right, we got to wrap this up <laughs> because I could tell. And it got pretty tense. There I remember. At the end. Um, tell but, people who, who aren't going to watch the video, just to describe what happened. So essentially the girlfriend was ready to say, look, we know we haven't paid rent. Yeah. He was accusing us of a bunch of damage to the property. Like, you sold me a garbage property. They walked to the property. All the windows had been broken by them. It had been flooded by them. They were on drugs. So it was just a terrible situation. They totally trashed it. If you watch my other video, you can see how terrible the property was. It was just a bad tenant. I mean, one out of every hundred, every couple years, you get a bad tenant. Mm -hmm. And this one, I think our screening has gotten better since then. This was, it was bad. But essentially, he gets fired up. I don't know what happened. And he was trying to talk me into letting him stay and fix all the damage in the property that he had caused and so that we could be good and Mm -hmm. live there for free. But then I asked him, are you trying to get free rent? And he's like, no, I want to fix this for you. I remember. Yeah, I remember. It just didn't make any sense. He was just on drugs. So what happened, though, is. I bring it back. I show my wife. I'm hyped because I'm like, man, everybody on YouTube is going to love this. <laughs> yeah, they did. And no? she's like, you're not posting that. That's not you. This is like, it definitely came off wrong for me to film it and post it. So I let months go by. Like, not going to do anything. Did it? I, remember, I, watched, I didn't think it was that wrong. But then well, again, I'm a landlord. He, I, yeah, so tell me. Yeah. I think me, if I would have posted it, I think it wouldn't have come off right. But when I'm in Puerto Rico with Kevin, I show him and he's like, dude. Oh, Kevin's we a lot of course. You do not want to listen to Kevin. He's like, on you that. gotta freaking post it. Of and I, I was just like, man, I don't know that I want to. What if you post it and just critique me? Like, you can have the footage, you can do what you want with it. So he posted it and he was brutally honest yeah. with it. Like, he said Chandler should have done this different. And so then I'm like, it, Kevin, Kevin was, it was a good video. It was critique, it was good. I feel like, I did a good job. He picked out some things I could have done better. Um, and so then I responded to it, and then people wanted to see the whole video, so then I posted it anyways. <laughs> yeah. But it was good because it was more of a learning experience. So okay. Kevin doing that made it good to share. Good for Kevin. Yeah. But so. in the future, don't listen to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he wants to post it, I was good with it. So. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're being sued by... Uh... <laughs> That, that <laughs> here's the deal yeah. kevin for me has been a game changer for yeah. my channel i don't know why when i had no subscribers he was willing to fly out look at my portfolio he's given me tons of advice yeah like, you you know he's yeah, the best yeah, of, of the best he is so it uh no negative things to say about kevin he's the freaking man okay let's say one negative thing about kevin one negative you, we thing. gotta all say one bad thing about <laughs> kevin <laughs> what would be um he needs to sleep more you like it's unhealthy. How much is he sleep? I thought he's sleeping enough. I so when we were in Puerto Rico, yeah. we would get up at seven, we would go and play till midnight, and then we'd hang out and talk till two, and then Kevin would go and edit for three hours. Mm-hmm. He'd get two hours of sleep and did that every day. Yeah, okay. So but I have always thought that those are like short term things. Like him and I, I would take these trips and yeah, he'd be we'd be up until one or two and then we'd go to bed, but he'd be up at like five thirty going on a run. Yeah, like, and, then he, and then he would come back with with a coffee at like six thirty in the morning. All right, guys, let's go. I was like, wow, but that's how he gets so much done. He drinks so much coffee yeah. and doesn't get a lot of sleep. And there's no way you can post five videos a day and 
be getting the right amount of sleep and having two kids and a wife and everything else he's got going I on. really want to see behind the scenes of what he does. Like, I, I, the brutal, honest truth for, like, his life. I'm not saying he does anything, but, like, how he structures his day and, like, what that's really like for him. Yeah. I would... I would love to. People I get probably dibs. singing the same thing of you. I get no. dibs, uh, n- n- maybe, but I get dibs on on that video idea. That would if, be if sick. anyone wants. Like, I, I would love to do a full day in life. Actually, if you have to follow him for like a week too to get a real, yeah. real perspective. That's I think true. the thing that's crazy about Kevin is I work with hundreds of sales reps, and I feel like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm sure you feel the same way, but you're pretty confident you can outwork most people. Mm-hmm. And being around Kevin, anytime I've done videos, anytime I've done anything with him i feel outworked oh yeah i can't and it's just like he's nuts yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah no with kevin i know i can't uh, outwork him and i realized too with him uh if he sees someone else doing something he's got a personal thing to go and do better yeah always it's so he'll see someone and he'll be like all right i'm gonna find a way and and i know he's gonna do it yeah because he's got this determination where he's not gonna quit until he does and he's just the amount of time he puts it, like I can't compete anymore. Like I've just given him the win on that. Like Kevin, you win, you win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I remember you, and I can't say yeah. this is exact, but yeah. when you blew up, and I think I don't know the timing, but you had this period where you were killing it mm-hmm. above anyone else in the finance yeah. space, and I feel like it was very much uh, hold my beer, and he yep. drinks up to five videos a week, yep. like, or a day. One hundred percent. It uh, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. But. Now he's. I th- I've calculated because I, I watch everyone's statistics on YouTube, like everybody, and he's going to outpace me in views uh, in about 40 days or so, maybe 45 days. <laughs> You've yeah. done the math. Yeah. And that's him on the main channel, his ma- channel against all three of my channels. <laughs> Seriously. That's insane. Because of how much he's churning out. I'm just like, I've, get, I've accepted that. And you've got yeah. podcasts that are hour and a half long. Yeah, no, so. I've accepted that. So, That's Kevin, crazy. you you win. He is the man. For now. For now. <laughs> Pretty soon he's going to take my girlfriend, take the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would go over he'll, he'll, he'll take well, uh, He'll take Ramsey. <laughs> take Bailey. <laughs> Kevin, you can take the house. I'm kidding. It's all in good fun. I think I think it's just a healthy comp. There's always been a healthy competition, I think, between me and Kevin. Well, it has to so, be cool yeah. with the time you guys. I know being around Kevin mm-hmm. raised my vision a ton. Yeah. I, I'm sure you felt the same way. It's cool to be around people like that because it makes you think different, and it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But let's go back to you. Okay. Talk, talk to <laughs> I want to know a little bit more about your first investment properties. Yes. Did you pay cash for your first rental? So, um... It's funny because my real first investment property, I had all this money in the bank and I gave someone a loan. They had crappy credit. They had 25% to put down on a property that I knew they'd gotten under market value. And so I loaned them, I think it was $90,000 at a 9.5% interest rate. And if they didn't refinance within, it was either a year and a half or two years, the interest rate bumped 2% every year. Um, so they refinanced out without within two years and I got all that money back. So that was the first real investment that I had done. Um, after doing that, I think it was a year after I bought a condo for $70,000 in cash. That was the only other property I bought cash. And that was my biggest mistake. It was a good investment property. But from then on out, I am super anti cash. Did you ever pull the equity out or did you? Yeah. So I actually 1031 that. I think I sold it for like 150 a couple of years later and then moved that into one of the fourplexes that I bought. Um, so after that, I bought a duplex 
And then I kind of went ham. In one year, I bought that duplex, a duplex, and a fourplex. And then the next year, I bought an eightplex and I think a couple of fourplexes. And then it just kind of went up from there. My first big one was that eightplex. And then I did a 24plex, which was a big jump. Why are you doing multi-unit housing? Why not single-family homes? Um, Scalability. And here's the thing. People stay away from the bigger stuff because of financing. Like 30-year fixed, lower down payment, all of that stuff is incredible. And so when you're starting that barrier to entry, it's awesome when you can get great rates, great terms. But when you can scale and you see it's a value-add opportunity, then you've got 24 units that you can raise rents on. You can increase the value crazy. And I was making a lot of cash. I got in a point where I couldn't find enough single family or duplex or even fourplexes to keep up with the money that I had coming in. And so I had to look elsewhere. The 24plex fell into my lap because it was a seller finance deal. So that was really nice because then I could get it for a lower down. I could get it on a 20-year fixed at pretty decent interest rates and still acquire you know, a big chunk of real estate with pretty decent financing. How do you find the time for that stuff? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. I, I was talking to Jack before. I'm like pretty overwhelmed with everything I've got going on. We mm-hmm. have 550 sales reps that are signed to work for me this upcoming year. The rentals, I think the biggest thing is that I have a management company. So when purchasing rental properties, I have a bunch of relationships that are feeding me deals but I only put in a lot of time when it's like due diligence, mm. jump on the properties. And I've got my people trained to where they only bring me deals if they're good deals. So I'm only analyzing the deals that are pretty decent. So I don't spend a ton of time doing that. Mm-hmm. And then once I get them under contract, I throw them over to my management company and I don't do anything. I probably spend one to two hours a month just looking at the rents and making sure that everything looks right when they come in every month. So do they do the remodeling and everything? Uh-huh. They yeah. do. They didn't always, yeah. but the guy that manages all my properties, he just does my properties and then just a couple others. And he knows where mm-hmm. I'm at. He knows what he can spend money on. He knows all of that. Now, I still have some checks and balances that I look over every month, but he's incredible. And a lot of the renovations I do, I'm not like your renovation you did. I would never touch a renovation like I don't that. know. When I do a renovation, didn't you make a video on, on that? I think I'm, I'm pretty of, sure like, you did. A hard t- you made a video think, on it, yeah. I think you did. Maybe. maybe. I think I, I know I thought about it, for sure. It, it was I'm, either you, I, I know Kevin made a video on it. Um, let me see, because I, I remember I seeing like a video. I on that I told Kevin to make a video on that, because I don't, I've tried to never dig on you super hard. Let's see. I've like gone This is on through. your renovation, Graham? Yeah. Uh, I thought maybe it was you. Uh, no. Maybe not. There's someone who made a video telling Kevin me that they made would do one. a lot of the renovation, which I agreed with with them for the, for the market. They were yeah. coming from a different market. I'm like, yeah, in any other market other than LA, I would agree with them. Yeah, well, and the thing yeah. is, for me, it's all about the niche you pick, right? I mean, that was an overwhelming renovation you did, and you kept finding more and more yeah. and oh, more. Yeah. With my renovations, I make sure that I know going in, it's floors, it's paint, it's lighting, mm-hmm. and maybe cabinet stuff. Yep. But it's all those little fixes, so I'm throwing five grand at a unit, if that, yeah. and it's good to roll. Mm-hmm. And so he knows, all right, this is what we're going to change, this is what we can salvage. He's super thrifty, super smart, so that it's gotten to the point where he'll call and say, hey, I'm doing this renovation, this is what it's going to cost, this is what rents will be to, and we're good to go. So, Are you ever know. nervous that he's <clears throat> going to go and do this on his own? Um. 
Not necessarily because he has, right? But he's making six figures because of what he makes off of my properties. And even if he does it on his own, he's still going to be managing Mm -hmm. them on his own. And he's like anybody. He wants to scale. If he could have a 1,000 units to manage, he would want that. Now, when it gets to that point, do I have concerns that maybe the quality of the way my properties are taken care of will go down? Yeah, but I've also built a relationship where I try to really take care of him, Mm -hmm. and it's advantageous to both of us. He manages other properties, and a couple of those are his because he's gotten the money to follow the same model. So, And what about your home living situation while you were buying all these investment properties? Did you ever house hack? Were you living in like duplexes or did you just like all of a sudden start making a bunch of money and then buy a really nice home? So that's my biggest mistake looking back. Mm -hmm. I just rented Mm -hmm. for a long time. You know, the first couple of years I was even married, um, we were just renting a place. And the reason for it is the school that I went to required you to use their housing Um, when I was single, I know that sounds dumb, but it's BYU, Idaho, and they've got a weird thing there. So I, I couldn't buy a home and live in it and attend that university. So you were attending university Mm -hmm. while selling pest control and everything and making all that money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, and you graduated? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) That's the right choice. Happy as he's been. Right choice. I, uh, I have seven credits left to get my accounting degree. But go back right now, man. It's it's for they make you do an internship, oh. and I didn't want to lie. I've had accountants say, "Dude, yeah. we'll just check you off." But what's the point of getting a degree when you just cheated on it and you don't need it anyways? Like, yeah, yeah, it didn't make sense to me. So I could still go and finish, but I'm not going to. Was it? Difficult? I haven't really. Yeah, I was gonna to. make a video yeah. about this. I I haven't like 100 percent all in, but it's yeah. I haven't been taking classes. Was so. it difficult to drop out? <laughs> Yeah, just because it's a cultural thing and mm. your whole life, that's something you need to check off. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a guilt thing. And so I still have, and, and this is the reality, in, in my job, I was making, you know, my net worth was in the millions. I would still have people come and be like, hey, so are you going to finish school? And that was their most important question to ask me. It wasn't about anything else. It was yeah. about school. So I'm over that now, but it, uh, that's why I hung on so long. When did you quit renting from the student housing? Um, so once I got married, the way that it works is then you can get your own housing. But we had a bunch of friends that I did the door-to-door sales job with. So we rented an apartment where all of us and our wives lived in the same place. So it was super fun. That's fun, yeah. Rent was super cheap. At that point, we were buying rental properties. Um, I think I had like 15, 20 units by that wow. point. But we were paying 700 bucks a month in rent, just living close to our friends. Um, then we bought a house that I did all kinds of funky stuff with. I did like a lease to own, and then I sold it, um, made a ton of money on that, and then moved into what we're living in now. So we bought a house for $420,000 two years ago. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you are... Buying a new house or building a new house. Yeah. We heard you gave us a little taste of what it is <laughs> before the podcast, but we had to stop you so we could get more information while we're live on the podcast. Tell us yeah. a little about, a bit about the, the home you're building. So I feel like everybody's going to think I kind of lost my shiz this year because I bought two cars from the Stradman and we bought the 15 Plex and we're building our dream home. Um, the home is focused on my business. So 8,000 square feet of it is home space. The rest is a basketball court, a big like locker room poker area, a um, indoor swimming pool, 
It's just kind of like is that is that for tax reasons? You could you could yeah, designate. Yeah. Hey, we got play 10, for the yeah. employees. You told me it's eighteen thousand square feet total, guys. Eighteen. So yeah. ten thousand over half of the home is going to be business use, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, is I spend a ton of money. Like this month, I rented a place for I think we paid like four or five grand to bring all of my leadership, all of these talented sales reps, yeah. out to do stuff with. And now I can do my house like it's set up to be able to have 50 plus guys come and not just come, but like have a freaking blast yeah. at the house. So it it worked well for what mm-hmm. we were wanting to do. But yeah, for taxes, we're going to we're going to work some things for sure. And wow. you're building that place. Uh huh. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing. And hopefully you're OK with me. Tell me. This, listen, tell me. Square tell me, footage tell me. on this house. What is it? Uh, 20, about 2300. OK. Lot size. Uh. 8500 So my house is on four acres. It'll be 18,000 square feet, and it'll cost less than this. We'll be under $2.2 million. Built. Mm-hmm. How? How much is land? <laughs> so, because, no, 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 to we got to go to Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go to Idaho. <laughs> I'm, I'm calculating. I'm calculating. Build 18,000 square feet. I, I'm guessing that's got to be about two $200 a square foot on the low end to build that. I'm going to guess this the is, thing is, is so much a square is, foot. So much is basement space. Okay. For Can one. you really count that as square footage, though, um, technically? Or? Yeah. I mean, it's it's space. The thing is, is, and I don't know if you do basements out here, but basements mm-hmm. are cheap. Like, you can do nice. We don't have basements. I'll yet. show you the finishes, but yeah. nice basement at like 85, 95 a square foot. So you save a ton of money. You've also got a basketball court, which is a bunch of dead space. You've got a pool, which we did a fiberglass pool, which is super cool, yeah. which was pretty pretty inexpensive. And then just the space on that. Um, so, yeah, I'm calculating like eighteen thousand, even even at a hundred dollars a square foot, is going to put you at one eight. A hundred dollars a square foot plus land. I'm guessing has to be four hundred. Mm-hmm. So four hundred. Yeah. Now now we're at. Two two, without any carrying costs or anything. How is it less? How is it less than this? So what do you mean? How's like? I think we'll be right at two two. two. One, you two, see a hundred dollars a square at. foot. Uh, that yeah, seems too cheap. That seems too cheap. Yeah, I, I think how? How do you? So much, a lot of the square so footage, like you said, is basement. It's dead space. Yeah. And if like you the, like, I can show you the bid on everything if you guys want to see it. But but it. even the basketball court, I'm thinking like, okay, sure, we're not putting like bathrooms and stuff like that. But still, I'm guessing like the foundation of that, the roof, that that's got to be, I don't know, fifty yeah. grand, sixty grand stuff on that. Is just yeah. building is so much cheaper. Really? There though. Yeah. I mean, even we're still doing new build homes that are four thousand square feet. Like my brother just purchased one. I think he paid. Well, like between three and three fifty for his four thousand square foot mm. new built home. So it I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I think yeah. the only I, thing you gotta I, remember yeah. that is including garage space. Okay. Which is also extremely right. cheap. Okay. And in the garage space I've got room, I think do you wanna see the house plans? Yeah, I do. Okay. These are the garages, and the total square footage in the garage is 2,112. Uh, uh so eighteen thousand square feet. I mean, mm-hmm. really you're Okay. You're like sick. You're, technically you're less than that because <clears throat> the other thing and again the 18,000 square feet sounds cool but under this two car garage we also did basement but it's not necessarily finished. It's just framed in Got for it. storage. So that's another probably 1,000 square feet here. Under here we also did it but we're putting in a locker room for the guys to go to both. So Could you screenshot whenever you're comfortable? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So and I've okay. done videos on all of it. 
All right, so 18,000 square feet, but a lot of it isn't necessarily house. Yeah, I mean, you've got a lot of garage. How the much basketball is, yeah. court. So garages alone are, we look, 2,100. You've got another 1,000 in the locker room, which is pretty simple space. Another 1,000 just in storage area. And then the basketball court is 52 feet by 30-something feet. So, hmm. I do have a very important question. <clears throat> yeah. Are you extending an invitation? Always. To your playhouse. Yeah, definitely. You guys come we, over. Oh, we got so many invitations. We'll have to. Did you see Grant's place? Yeah. Grant Navarre. Yeah. Expect it. What's uh, up, podcast Grant? Yeah. Next week or something. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. It looks we, like a manor. His really? place looks like you like you've seen in haunted house movies where you go and there's like a big mansion at the top of the hill that you, you like don't want to spend the night in. It looks like that. It's like it's that. It's massive. Well, here's the thing I've come mm. to find when we were building is you've got the $1 per square foot that you use for rental properties. Then you've got the $4 per square foot that people use for like higher end spec homes and maybe even a little bit of that. But then you've got $10 per square foot for the stuff they're bringing in from Europe and all of that like. We don't like that stuff. We like the, you know, mix between modern and um, contemporary mm-hmm. look. And if you stay in that and you don't spend on the lavish, absurd stuff, you can get a ton of space that's really nice, super quality. But then I see people that are dropping, you know, crazy money just on the fixtures, like the gold fixtures. Or I mean, you can go from paying $4 for one of those to $60 for one of those. And I think that's where on the higher end homes, people go mm-hmm. nuts. Now we're not doing cheap, but like, I don't think that's necessary for what we're using it for. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So, so you doing all of this in a year though. So you bought Stradman's Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 458. And then you bought his Corvette. Uh huh. What else are you going to buy from him? Um, <laughs> did you try to buy it. anything else? Uh, no, I, Here's the thing. I was yeah. going to talk to you about this. Yeah. Um, so with the cars, they're kind of unique. I got into a situation where I had a lot of cash flow that we'd been saving up for the mm-hmm. home from the properties. And my goal has always been to live within my cash flow. So super frugal early on. But then when I started buying these bigger properties, I was having a lot of cash flow come in. And it was kind of building up because it took us a while to get to purchasing our home. So mm-hmm. we had that money. However, after purchasing the C8 Corvette, and I had launched my course, I saw how many people that brought over, and I really wanted to buy another supercar. It helped my channel, it helped my sales business, I let all my guys drive it, like it was a cool, fun thing. Mm. And so I reached out to the Stradman and was like, hey, I think I wanna buy another one, what do you think? And the Ferrari 458 was one of the cars that I wanted. Well, he goes and buys it, so when he buys it, I'm like, dude, you bought the car I really want, would you ever sell that one to me as well? And he had different plans for it, so he said, I'll let you know if I do. Mm-hmm. Well, he reaches back out and says, a month later, I'm going to sell it. Do you want it? And I wanted it, but I was also, you know, I'd spent a lot of money through that portion. I was kind of hesitant. The C8 was the first car I bought. So I kind of pitched it like, I'll buy it at the price you bought it. And you've already put 3,000 miles on. But would you be willing to pitch my real estate investing course? Because I'd done pretty well on that mm-hmm. course. And he agreed to it. He checked out the course, looked through it. He was happy with it. And he said, let's do it. So by purchasing the Ferrari, yes, I could afford it. But then I essentially got it for free because of what we made off the road. That's really smart. Did you make a video? Have you ever made a video about how you got the Ferrari for free? No, I feel like you're milking all this out of me because I was hesitant to share course sales. I don't, 
I love the course. I feel like it brings huge value. Yeah. But I've always given everything away for free, yeah. and I've tried. Do you know what I mean? Like it was uncomfortable yeah. to be like, "This no, is I'm how gonna, much I made." Guy, I'm gonna link it down below. So, <laughs> so now you have to explain it. So, uh, so I'll link it down below. But in return, you have to share how much money it's making because I'm, I'm curious. Okay. Yeah. So, um, up to this point, I've made two hundred fifteen thousand dollars okay. off of the course, and the majority of that came in after the Ferrari purchase. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's done done really well i think the other thing that is cool about the ferrari purchase and this is something the stradman taught me but because i have that's my fifth vehicle yeah i only use it for youtube like that's it i'm always recording when i use it so that particular car i can write off as a prop oh yeah which course. means i can write off the entire car year one stradman has been trying to talk me into a four gt mm-hmm. and i really need a cool car to park in that garage space in um, las vegas because there is going to be a car. Did you watch my uh, house tour video? Yeah, I did. Okay, so that you had that garage space awesome. in the office. It it won't yeah. be as cool as Stradman's car on the wall, but it'll be pretty free. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, um, I was thinking the Ford GT would be a car. And a and this car. would be... Would an you get an older one or like newer? 2005, 2006. Okay. Um, so cool. Yeah. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, this is the first time I've ever brought it up. My my fear is being a guru, that I am this guy who always talks about being so frugal, and uh, you know I'm still using those towels over the lights instead of diffusers. Still doing everything on my own. Still <laughs> same camera. I bought a used camera on eBay, uh, and that's like for for the for the Vegas place. But uh, and, and then you have this expensive car in the background, so I don't know if it would be too like hypocritical to do something like that. Well, this is one of the things that. <clears throat> is really difficult. And I think we've both been in the situation and I've kind of made the jump off the cliff where I've been frugal my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've been very smart. That's how I was able to purchase the real estate I was. But when you set a goal and you say, hey, you know, if my passive income can afford it and your active income gets to a point where you're making a ton there too, like what's the point of money if you're not going to spend it? And we're both in businesses where cars do move the needle and for you, it might be different because you're branded yeah. as the frugal guy, but it's yeah. opened a ton of doors for me in my sales business. Um, and that's a that's a different thing for me. But when they can take the C8, like we'll go to activities and I'll have 50 guys go and test drive the C8. Mm. Like that's huge because they're sharing it on Instagram. They're sharing it with their friends. That's a great opportunity for me to find good leaders, good sales reps, other good things. So with that, with YouTube, with everything else, for me, I felt like it definitely made sense, but only because I also really wanted one of those cars. Yeah. I don't know. I feel for me, it would almost work against me to do something like that. Because then, then I'm the guy I changed. Yeah. Then I'm the guy who makes a whole bunch of money and then starts nice, nice places but, in Vegas and a and car and stuff like that. You already did the nice place in Vegas. <laughs> it's cheaper. You didn't really get any backlash from that either, But that's you? cheap. That's because it's cheaper than this. And because of how much money that saved. The car is something that will hold its value, will go up. I, I, I'm guessing it'll go up about 5% a year. Um, but then I'm tying up all this money in a car that could be invested or doing something else. Yeah. It's no. diversification. You've got to invest in <laughs> oh, cars. Oh, <but> yeah. <laughs> I don't, and it's hard, and I, it's funny. This is yeah. a video I did make because I feel like, for sure, you're a little pinned. Like your main income oh, yeah. is YouTube, and you've branded yourself in a certain way, and that's it's hard to to work around that. But at the same time, um, people follow you because you're relatable. Mm-hmm. But 
I think people are hoping that the principles you teach them will help them to acquire their dreams. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they want to be 60 years old and have none of the things that they've envisioned or wanted their whole life by taking advice. Am I wrong in saying that? uh, I mean, you could ask the viewers, comment down below, let me know what you think. But I'm a... I think it's kind of funny to be that like that that one day be that like old guy who's constantly like with all the money in the bag and be like, oh, you don't spend money on Starbucks. What are you doing? Like, I, I find that funny. Like, uh, my I, I I love this. Uh, uh, my buddy Brandon's grandpa was like a hundred and three years old, completely self made, and he must he must have had like two hundred million dollars worth of real estate <laughs> on Beverly Boulevard in Los Angeles, right by the Beverly Center. This is like prime real estate he owned the entire block that he just accumulated over decade after decade after decade and he would sit there and i love this he would he, brandon said he was the cheapest guy in the world he would i'm not advocating doing this but when he'd go to the restaurants he would take like the salt and pepper uh, little packets and stuff them and take them home because he just he want he always wanted to get a deal, and he always wanted to feel like if he's going out to restaurants spending money, he wants to get something back for that. Uh, but apparently, so do you really want to be that well, guy. Though? But I think it's funny. Wait, the story continues. But, <laughs> but apparently, it got so bad that uh, his daughter, so Brandon's mom, would have to check his pockets before they left because he would take the silverware. <laughs> Because he just he would take the silverware. Yes, because because I know I'm not advocating this. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny, but his mentality was that I'm overspending on this food here. It's too expensive. Make it too much money. So if I take something back, then it's even. And this guy, this guy was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And and the best part of of all of this is he would still go into his office every single day, even though he didn't need the money for no reason. All he would go to his office. He'd like to be in the office every day, and he put his office right next to the vending machine. And his favorite time of the day was when someone would put in a dollar in the vending machine. They get a soda immediately as after the person lets you go out with a key, open up the vending machine, take the dollar, put it in his wallet, <laughs> and sit down. That that was he loved it. I just think it's funny. Like well, I look at that, and I just think it's hilarious. Have you ever heard of yeah. um, the Scrooge? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it that guy? <laughs> like, kind, of, kind of. But, but I, you know, I just thought it was funny, and yeah. like I've, I've always related to that in some way or another just like oh and taking the dollar get the dollar like i just here, something about that yeah no totally and i i have too i think a lot of people that are successful mm-hmm. can relate to that the thing i recognized is and this can be turned back on you too but the way you do anything is the way you do everything <laughs> and i really wanted to have or evolve into a mindset of there's enough to go around yeah and making this transition, it's interesting because it's helped me treat my employees better. Mm-hmm. It's helped me take care of my people better. Like when you make that shift that their money is always going to be coming in, I feel like, yeah, it, it's helped me to get more things and those things have motivated me, but it's helped me to share those things more too. Yeah. And people like that, I've, I've very rarely seen them be generous people. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, no, you're, you're right on that. And so yeah. I think... They go hand in hand, and I'll tell you, my favorite part about the C8 Corvette mm-hmm. is when I toss the keys to a guy, and I'm like, go do whatever you want with mm-hmm. it. If, and obviously, I hope no one ever crashes it, but if they mm-hmm. scrape it, if they do whatever, like that's why I got the car, is to yeah. give people that experience, to help them get that vision, to help them see, like, holy cow, I love cars, I love this, I know you love cars, and having something that you can work towards, and you do it the right way by creating passive income first, so that you're motivated to do that, I feel like that's huge. It's mm-hmm. a big motivator. Yeah. 
Good. That's what I mean. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I guess my biggest concern is is uh, is being that guy who made money and then started spending it on frivolous stuff. Yeah. Well, and I will be the first one to say mm-hmm. I have struggled. You can look at my Instagram. And yeah. My brother gives me a hard time about it. When you get a car, people love cool cars. And then it's hard to not include them in your videos because you instantly turn into Ty Lopez because people, there's this big majority of people that want to see it and they want to experience it. And that's really fun. But then I've done some videos where I'm like, oh, that isn't, that isn't the direction I want to go. So I see that being a bad yeah. thing too. I don't know. I, I, I look up to people like Dave Ramsey and I'm like, what, what would Dave Ramsey do? And he's mentioned before that he has a few cars in the six figure mark. We've never seen him ever talk about one of like which cars he has or driving his cars or so i look at that and i'm like that's a good example of kind of where where to go look at dave ramsey what is he doing he's respectable so so maybe i I don't know i don't know i'm torn see if i had to pick idols he wouldn't make top 10 for sure oh no for for me for me dave ramsey would be top three other than dave ramsey who would be yours joe rogan Doctor Phil, I love all those guys. Yeah, I I, I love Doctor Phil. <laughs> I yeah. really do. I look at his career. Uh, Joe Ro- Joe Rogan, I think, is the coolest of all of them. Judge Judy's had one of the best careers. Uh, Doctor Phil, I love his platform. Uh, Dave Ramsey, I like his. Just he's very grounded. Yeah, so he re- really just. Good core principles sticks with them. Doesn't be waver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like you know what I like and really respect with Dave Ramsey that he that he doesn't waver. That he has his way. That's it. He's never changed his course. He's very con- convicted of one thing, and uh, that's what works for him. Yeah. See, it's interesting because I've got all these people that I love learning the way they invest. I love the way that they view money, but I don't think any of them would make that for me i think for me it's like my dad my grandpa mm. like all the people in the way that they raised their family and the way that they taught their kids and and i think that is an evolution just because i have kids now where mm. it's like man that is most important to me is yeah. the way that my kids view me but it's hard that's how funny. did things change with kids um I how, think, how old are you now so i'm i just turned 30 Wow, and we're the same age. Yeah. How, how old are your kids? So three and one. I see. I can't imagine having a kid. <laughs> I, I can't. Like that seems so. Like like Bailey has been. A, Macy's the one who deals with Bailey, but has been a. I, 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 there's a puppy, and then I can't imagine like that times fifty or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it just changes yeah. everything because everything I'm do, everything I do, mm-hmm. your kids are watching, and that's affecting who they're becoming. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. That's what, like, I love what I've done on the financial side of things, but at the end of the day, how they turn out is more important than anything else. Yeah. And the only people that I follow that are role models is because of, they've had that impact on me, mm-hmm. you know? So, I don't know. I, I think the biggest difference is just your time. I never have a minute in the day where I'm not thinking, all right, this has got to be good because it could be time with my kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. speaking of dave ramsey i am so curious how much debt do you have um a good amount i think like seven or eight million i got it already on a spreadsheet 
so we could talk about it. It's not as bad as what I thought, though. I thought it was going to oh, be yeah. way higher. You're going to record Graham Stefan reacts to my investment portfolio, yes. right? Yes. If you guys want to see that, that it that will be on your channel. It will. Yeah. We'll link, link down below. Link down below in the description. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because when you buy real estate over a period of time and all these properties, I'm putting 25 to 30% down. When they're value add properties, you're adding a bunch of equity into the properties really quickly. So um, the debt isn't nearly as scary compared to what you owe because you've been paying them off for one, but you also have added value by increasing rents. So. Hmm. Jeez, that sounds scary though. Seven, eight million. No, it's uh, sorry. I blanked out for a second. <laughs> My mind is going somewhere else. Sorry, cut that, cut that out, Jack. <laughs> I was calculating something in my in my head, totally unrelated to anything. <laughs> now going back to the the debt. Um, so Jack, just say seven million seems like a lot. Seven million seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it it is. But at the same time, I've got so much equity in those properties that. It, it isn't. Yeah, what's you know? the total worth on that? So when I... 14? Yeah, I think I'm like 13, 14 million in properties. So about 50. It's not, it's not that bad. Mine, my total debt with that, I think mine is four. Um, and the properties, I think, are worth eight and a half, something like that, nine. So it's it's less than 50%. So I don't I don't think your debt's bad at all for what, yeah. for what you own. No, especially, I mean, I always keep six months reserves minimum. And a lot of times I'm pushing a year on that. So like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, even if something terrible happens, you lower rents and you're still cash flowing, you're still able to pay your mortgage. So I think people just stress on debt way too much. That's a big reason I'm not a Dave Ramsey fan is I feel like that's an incredible tool used properly. I also understand why when people use it incorrectly, it can really bite them in the butt. I want to know what your total debt payment is every month. My guess is seven mil. You're probably paying about... Thirty-four thousand a month. I'm gonna guess. Uh, you're there. good. Yeah, I think when I did the math, it's like thirty-seven. Oh, I'm close. That's so, what I was gonna close. Say. Yeah, that's what Jack was gonna say. Thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's good. And with yeah. those numbers, I didn't include the um, storage units. Well, actually, no. I think I did. How much does a storage, storage unit make? So we're still figuring that out. But I think we'll have a probably like twelve percent cash on cash once we get the numbers where they should be when we yeah. bought it. I think it was only like a eight or nine because we've got some work to do on getting them up. But again, old owner hadn't raised rents in forever. Yeah. A lot of value add opportunity. Those are the deals I love when I see them. I know I don't really have to do a lot of work, but I know they're way undervalued because an older owners ha- had them forever and just hasn't raised rents. Yeah. And so, and I, what's your goal with all of this? Like how many units are you trying to buy? What's, do you have any plan? If I'm honest, um, hit like a weird point because it was always a hundred units was this thing where I thought I'd have all the cash flow in the world. It's become addicting. I love finding good deals. I love negotiating them. I love to do diligence on them. That is the one thing that's never felt like work. Like finding and buying real estate is just a passion. It's fun. It's a hobby. My wife makes fun of me because Excel is my hangout. Like I like running the numbers on properties. So um, I've let off the gas a little bit because we had a big year, but I'm sure I'll always buy property. Um, I'm trying to figure out what my next goal is. If I want to say I'm going to do a thousand units or why not do stocks? I've been doing stocks this year. It's been so much more relaxing. So it's so funny. I was, I went over to Kevin's place today for like two, three hours and he's definitely on that stock train for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think I've spent so much time getting good at real estate that, again, it's a hobby. Even if you came and said, hey, you could make the same amount. Well, that's not true. If I could make the same amount, I'd do stocks if I knew it and there was no risk. Mm -hmm. I just feel like risk is really low because I know my market really well. I know my deals really well. I know what goes into it. Um, But it's also like to be safe with diversification. Yeah, I honestly should transition and that's why i brought it up with kevin is and when i watched your kevin o'leary thing yeah. and he kind of blasted you a little right. bit i was like freak you know i've always especially rich dad poor dad like don't yeah. diversify right. that's what i've lived by but i do think in the next year or two i need to, I need I, to i'll tell you my own personal experience i've invested besides buying the vegas place in this place everything else into stocks best decision ever just like split between index funds and just I, I got those individual stocks just happened to do well but it's been nice yeah it's so nice just to be able and i i have a thing every morning i go in and i buy the s&p 500 every morning it's just like my my thing in the morning i love going in there click and buy and just it's off and it's done it. and then it's i been see a good market yeah it has yeah. but i mean i've been true and if true. it was a bad market, you could still rent out your places since they're here in LA. Yes, true. That that true, was the but, thing I was going to ask yeah. you is your personality yeah. with what you've told me about, yeah. you know, the old man, it has to hurt your soul if you see yourself lose a hundred grand. Like, and you see it dip. Does that not affect you or? Uh, you no, there that? was one day, there's one day in the market. I think I was down 60 grand, uh, and uh, you told me, yeah, I showed Jack that. It was, oh, yeah, it no, the, it the hard part for me was that, uh, and, and by the way, this is like down 60, but I was still up. So it wasn't like down money, but I was up and then down 60. And I remember thinking to myself, like how many times where I was so like, I didn't order the avocado. I didn't get the double <laughs> meat at Chipotle. I got the smaller appetizer cause I didn't want to spend the extra like $3 and I'm like, there's 60 grand gone. How many times could I have done that? So that was that was what was so hard for me. Uh, but now it doesn't bother me. I think in the yeah, beginning yeah. when I was really going heavy into it, um, it just it took some getting used to. But now any swings of plus or minus 30, 40, 50 grand just doesn't. It's matter. just it doesn't matter anymore. When I can, it's the same with real estate. Yeah. Early on, when you have a bad eviction, you've got to go yeah. in. It hurts really bad, and you're questioning yourself. And now. Money comes and money goes, and it just is what it is. But I don't know. I love personal ownership. I love the empire aspect. But of you could like, get that's both. Mine. But you could get both. Yeah, and I should. Yeah. Like I know. Just I try should. it. I, I just... would take with with the amount of money you're making. Take five hundred grand or a mil. Put one million in just a broad index fund and leave it. See how nice that is. Just, Are you invested in yeah. stocks? I don't know. <clears throat> I. Did one year when I didn't know what I was doing. I put like have eight you, grand in an IRA. We right? You got your four free stocks. Four free right? stocks. It's not for Robin Hood. M one uh, finance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to do that. I know you, that's a good thing to make yeah. money on YouTube and I don't do it. Yeah. So. But you should try like my goal this. Well, in the next like six months is I want enough in the stock market. No, I'm almost saying I want enough in the stock market where it equals the amount of debt I have in the real estate. So four million in debt. I want four million in the stock market. Interesting. That's that's my next. And goal. then how much in Bitcoin? I should, I, should, I should do. That's another thing. I I feel like I should. Andre Jick has been telling me nonstop to put money in Bitcoin since like ten k. Well, I heard yeah. what like Tony Robbins was saying. It should be at least ten percent of your portfolio. I think ten percent is too much. I mean, Andre says one yeah, percent, and I <clears throat> heeded his advice, and it's done me well. 
Really? Well, yeah, yeah especially the last month or two, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I wouldn't say there's any downside in putting 1% of your entire net worth in Bitcoin. Yeah. I don't think this, I mean, worst case, you lose 1%, but it's never going to go down 100. It's never going to be worth nothing. It's all, I think it's always going to be had some sort of value. Yeah. So no, you're not going to lose. Sense. So worst case, you go from 1% to like a quarter of a percent, like worst case. But yeah. Oh, I was just going to say with the stock market, Bitcoin, any of that stuff, when I see it's like this, I get major anxiety to put money into I something know. that's like this. And so, yeah, but real estate has been like this this year too. Yeah, I think I understand it though. Yeah. All that stuff, and and that really is my problem. Is it's going to take me investing time into it. I just don't have the time. I don't want to put in the time. I know I should put in the time, but yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I with think all it, that I stuff. think it would do you well to start buying into it. Just do it a little, little by little, and it'll make you feel good. So yeah, so now we got to find the clickbait for the uh, title here. <laughs> how much? How much did you uh, make? How much? How much do you make every month? What is this? You run a really tight ship. This is way more organized than mine. I mine, I just do organized. like one bank what account bank? at Ally yeah. Bank. What and, bank is that? Yeah, um, I don't really want to. Sh- it's a local credit union. Oh, God. I don't want people knowing the yeah. small bank I use. But um, so essentially, you can see the mortgages going out, and you can see the rents coming in. You can even go back a couple months and see the consistency of them. Some have good, some have bad, but... Why do some of these have a lot of cash in them and others don't? Um, That doesn't have a whole lot of rhyme or reason to it. Essentially, when they get pretty big, I just pull it. I always keep at least that six months reserves for the units in there. Got at it. At least I try to. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is a higher interest rate savings account. Mm-hmm. So I'll move everything out of the LLCs and put them here because I'm getting just shy of 2% on that money wow how are you getting two percent on that so here's the thing everything i do i use local credit unions that i built relationships with for years Mm -hmm. so my credit cards my mortgages that's why i can get such good rates on commercial loans like my last loan i got 10 year fixed 25 year am with a 25 percent down at a 3.5 interest rate wow now on a commercial property that's nuts and it's because i do everything through them so i just went in and i said here's the deal like I need a higher interest rate on the money that's sitting there. I've kept everything with you guys. I shopped it out with everybody. And then I got them to go And you're a big fish there. You do that in LA, people would laugh. You bring that amount to a banks, they won't even care. You have to have like five mil plus yeah. for them to even consider like having like a private banking relationship and, or anything. And that's why my biggest, Man, and I push this yeah. on my channel hard, if you're in an area... Find your small local credit unions because they're willing to talk to you. They're willing, and they weren't early on, but once I had three, four, five mortgages with them, once I had pretty decent deposits with them, then I'd built those relationships. And now I know all the people that make those decisions. I should just so. give you my money. You take half a percent, and then I take the other one and a half percent. <laughs> just load up the accounts. Yeah. Start fun. We should all you start a syndicate. Seriously, I guarantee two percent. Like everyone would, would give you their money at half a percent, so you could give them back one and a half percent. Yeah, and I'm sure I'd get. Like, there's got to be something illegal about that. Like, and I'm sure a big a big portion of it is all the business. They're yeah. they're watching that stuff for yeah. sure, but. Not a bad business idea. That's the thing, though, is people, there are other ways. Right now, the market's harder, and I I guarantee this will drop because mm-hmm. of what's gone on. I just had it locked in for a year. Yeah. So, so we have to know, though, an amount for ClickBank. Yeah. What is your total monthly revenue? Gross. What is your gross revenue from rental properties? So, um, 
I didn't run the gross. I ran after all of my expenses and maintenance. That's not clickbait. That's not clickbait. Um, we need gross. I can I can do the math really quick and get it. But we need the we yeah. need the do gross. The math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just count. or or honestly, just round it off. Let's just like yeah. round it off right um, now. We'll we'll cut this part out. Just be like, I'm gonna estimate. It's around. You know, it's about. Got it. Because we want to put a hundred thousand a month. So I did. Yeah. That's the goal. How do you like your sparkling water, Graham? It's really good. I liked it a lot. Isn't it good? Yeah. Zero calories. I was it's laughing at this thing I posted on my story. 190,000 ceiling oh, fans no. recalled because the blades detached and fly off. And then my <laughs> caption was, if you thought 2020 couldn't possibly get anywhere. <laughs> That's so gnarly. <laughs> that made me laugh. That's I saw that. It was like, geez. That's terrible. Crazy. <laughs> it's wild. Imagine like sitting down, like watching The Simpsons, like with your family, and just a blade from the ceiling thing sticks right next to your head, like in the Final Destination. Have you seen that movie? No, I've not. Oh, Final, the great movie. It's basically that they they cheat the D word when you when Uh you pass away. They cheated that D word, and then the D word comes and tries to get them, so you can't escape. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah, one guy had a premonition of something, avoided it so he could still live. And then they find these grotesque ways to get everybody off one by one. And so blades splitting with the fan, like these random acts to, anyway. Guys, shout out Final I Destination. I think that. Oh, we need to no, get it to come 100. On. Come there, on. There has to be something. <laughs> okay, so, so he, he's, Guys, adding up, he's adding up his gross rents, and we're telling him we need to put 100K. He gets $95,500 a month. That's, that's legit what it is, though. That's his gross It's 100K. You're right. You had to find a way to get another 4,500 in there. 4,500. Get another buy unit. Buy two more properties. Yeah, buy right another now. unit. Come on. We're putting a hundred grand you get a so hundred grand a month i helped three different people buy yeah. properties that would have put it over but i passed them off to my sales reps and then jack all right there you go a hundred thousand hundred grand really it's 95 five but we're, we're gonna call it a hundred we're gonna call it <laughs> round it up you make four thousand elsewhere we're yeah. sure of it yeah. So. yeah it's coming somewhere yeah wow so, yeah are you gonna help jack find a place now? yeah we got to talk about this because yeah. we had jack doherty on the podcast yeah. and he said that you helped him find an investment property yeah. and walked him through basically everything. He gets to use your property manager, manager same lender that you use. So I reached out to you and I asked if you could do something similar with me because I want to get into real estate, but it's difficult for me because I don't have very much time to figure out the new LA market or Las Vegas market. And I knew what you did with Jack. So I was wondering, you know, if you do the same thing for me and you agree. <laughs> I did agree. That's dangerous because if anything happens... We're on the podcast here. So that's what's so stressful about, and same with Jack. So, and I think he talked about it on your podcast. Mm. He'd had negative experiences before. It, the reason I don't ever want to do like partnerships or anything like that is I want people to understand what they're doing and I want them to make the decision that, hey, it's the right deal. Mm -hmm. I don't want, and I don't want to take money from it. And that's why I can't do this for everyone. So it's. I'm starting to set a precedent, and a lot of these deals are deals I would buy. I would want to keep. Dude, the thing is, you do it once, and everyone else is going to come crawling out of the woodwork. I'm the last last one. Could you do it for me too? There's going to be someone else watching who has a channel too. I know what to do. I think I know exactly what I want though. Uh, Maximum profitability. Minimal uh, risk. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. That sounds good, Graham. That sounds good to me. Yeah. So we're we are gonna. I am going to help you it off i gotta figure out how i'm gonna do it moving forward just because i can't like the jack one stressed me out because i knew it's a big audience mm-hmm. and with my audience yeah. i push 10 percent cash on cash return it's got to be that 
Kevin gives me a hard time. Like, that's hard to find. That's a really good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucks to hand that over, especially when I didn't make any money on it. But it it comes around. So I did tell you I'd do it. We'll we'll find a way. No promises on how quickly. I think in the next couple no of months. Rush. Okay. No rush. No rush. A couple of months? That's Jack has me. a few I'm, days, max. No. <laughs> get this deal done. I am, I am eternally grateful for this opportunity. Jack's going to have a girlfriend by then. He yeah. has a few months. <laughs> Let's not get our hopes up. <laughs> That's wishful thinking. But... Yeah, I'm extremely excited to get into, you know, investment properties and I will keep you guys updated with the journey so everyone will know what's going on. Very excited and very grateful for this opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And we are going to make sure that you know your stuff so that when we do find a good property, I want to see you hyped because you've done your research and you know, like, it's good. Well, I just have to understand. Well, you know what? Give give Jack that one. Okay, that's that's fine. Give Jack your uh, program. Give Jack your program yeah. so he could go through it and then learn from that. And actually, I want to see it too. Okay. So yeah, can you send that over to play? We'll watch yeah, it. Yeah. I want your feedback too. Okay. The thing about it is there's so much in real estate investing mm-hmm. and I'm consistently adding to it, but I really tried to make it so that people knew everything they needed to know to find properties, to build relationships, to do due diligence, to know what a good deal is and to know how to finish uh, and get that. I want to watch it. Um, and the reason why is because I've wanted to do a real estate investing course mm-hmm. for years but i got so burnt out after doing the youtube course it's and sucks to make and, a course yeah and I, I i i couldn't do it because i realized that it's not just like how to buy real estate but then it's how to how to negotiate and then how to do your inspections and then how to get a loan and how to shop the loan around and how do you find tenants and, and it, it became like one thing i had to do two other points talk about it and then Two other points, and then two. It kept forking and forking, and then I'm like, I got this project for like years. Yeah, and and, and then by the time I make it, then people are gonna want something like new. So I I've given up on that for now. It's super overwhelming. I'm curious to see what you think about mine. I think yeah. what is hard is I love giving stuff away from free, but there's value when you spend money and when you invest yeah. in yourself and do that. But I've wanted to keep it at a price point. That's why it's at where it's at. Um, but I'm always going to feel like there's more, especially when people start thinking about 1031 exchanges, when they start thinking about cost segregation, oh, when they start, gosh. And then that's, like, yeah, all of that other stuff. And I've added videos with that. I'm always going to be adding because when you get into bigger multifamily, all of that, I feel like they're going to want to know about that. Know. You know? All right. So, so we'll watch it. Send it, send it over to, yeah, we'll, we'll sure. link, we'll link it down below. But, uh, Jack, you, you will be the, uh, the decider on this one. That sounds if you good. like it, if you don't like it, we got to blast it. That sounds good. Yeah, and if, and if you it. get a bad deal too, if you get a tentative, <laughs> yeah, what well, you could do is sit down with them, sit down yeah, with we'll them, do and a film it. Yeah, yeah. But right. we've been recording Fuck. now for an hour and thirty minutes. All maybe. Right, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is a amazing meeting you. We've been talking yeah. on the phone. It's good to finally see your face. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we, we really pulled strings it. to get you on today. Yeah, so I'm it, really uh, glad. Like last minute, you agreed to come on and, and talk to us. So last podcast episode of the year. Yeah. Definitely. And you need to know, look up to you a ton. Like, love oh, your channel. Yeah, I've been thanks, looking man. forward to this. This cool. is awesome. This is so, fun. Thank you, man. Having me. Yeah. What's your credit score? Um, I looked it up. I knew you would ask. I think I'm 789. Good. It had, How just, much, yeah. it had just dropped because the big purchase. Yeah. So. How many credit cards do you have? Uh, six. Okay. Cool. That's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. All right. Cool. So thank you guys so much for watching. We really appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, hit the like button. Get your four free stocks. Uh, your information is down below in the description. Yeah. Oh, we gotta get man. we gotta get you to 100k. Yeah, we let's, need. Listen, if you're watching this right now, <laughs> if everybody who got to this point 
just goes and subscribes. It's a perfect point to go and do this before you forget. Go and subscribe. We'll get you to 100K. That would I think be awesome. Fair. I had a goal yeah. by 2021, and I'm just so Oh, close. let's do it. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, no. We're going to be posting this on Sunday. It's not going to happen by then. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I thought we had a few extra days. I'll take it a day after. Shoot for the moon, land on the stars type deal. Oh, well. Say destroy the like button for the YouTube guys. Destroy the like button. Cool. Thanks, guys, for watching, and until next time. Until Thanks, next guys. Time. Cool. You know how to do the intros? Um, I watched it, but I'll probably okay. crack under pressure. You can uh, give me that. What is it? Welcome to the money we've made. Thirty. No. Okay. Thirty third episode. Yeah. Yep. So you're gonna say welcome to the thirty third ever episode of the Iced Coffee Hour. Introduce yourself, and then say so far the podcast has made maybe like twenty. Sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna write it down or I'll twenty eight nine forty. Twenty eight nine twenty eight nine forty. Welcome to the thirty third episode of the Iced Ever. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to the thirty third ever episode of the Iced Coffee Hour. So far, you have made twenty eight thousand nine hundred and forty dollars. Is that right? That is absolutely. Correct. <laughs> Did I, I wrong? Like you. I feel like we. <laughs> yeah. Well, once more, once okay. more, okay, sure. take the energy 20% and then say your name. So, n higher or not as Just high? Just 20% more energy, outdoor voice. Welcome to the 33rd ever episode of the Iced Coffee Hour. My name is uh, Chandler David Smith. Am I allowed to start with what's up or what's going on? Whatever you want. Whatever you want, <laughs> okay. yeah. Go for it, go. <laughs> what's going on, guys? Welcome to the 33rd uh, ever <laughs>